Hey everybody and welcome back to Infinity Watchers. We are here, we are ready to go back to the theaters to watch Black Widow, which comes out in a few short days. Um, we're here to bring you a preview of that film and kind of, um, you know, get into a little bit of speculation, talk about the future of the MCU. Um, we've also gone through and read um, a Black Widow run that seems to be sort of relevant to this movie. It's uh, the Itsy Bitsy Spider, um, ran from... 1999 to 2001 consisted of six issues um, and this was the introduction of uh, the character of Yelena Belova so we'll be talking about that shortly um, but just really quickly just uh, some quick housekeeping we also recorded our review and reaction of episode four of Loki this week so make sure to give that a listen in that episode we discussed the the news of the week and our kind of regular cadence so this is sort of a little bit of a bonus episode in addition to our review and reaction of the episode four of Loki, we also talked about um, the changes to the WandaVision post credit scene, um, some confirmation of some Shang-Chi cameos from Kevin Feige, and the official first look at some of the um, set pieces and suits for uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So make sure to check out that episode for all of that. All right, Jared, we are gonna be returning to theaters in a few days yes so exciting isn't it it is it it it's been a year and a half it was what july 2019 that we got a new marvel film marvel movie yeah the rest have been series two uh years. over the past yeah it's been no it has been two years it you're right yeah i keep forgetting how quickly this year is going yeah phase phase four started about six months ago and in a week we'll be four properties deep into it <laughs> and we just keep diving head first every yeah. time something else comes out which is crazy because if you think of phase one from 2008 mm -hmm. to 2012 in four years i think we got six films right so that's it it's just wild yes yeah, it's wild and then phase two it was like six or seven phase three then turned into 12 and like now, now it's just it's it, it there's no use in counting anymore yeah i think we've got 10 10 marvel properties this year but this being our first film it's it's just so exciting i mean this is. is gonna be this movie's gonna be comfort food <laughs> yeah yeah and i think some of the initial reviews of this one have come out and i think this is a some of the uh, feedback has been that it's more middle tier of Marvel's entries. So I think this is a good one to start off with in the sense that we, we're not easing in. We're easing back into things. It's nothing like wild and crazy. Yeah. Like, like if they put the Eternals out first, I think that would get a little, that would be a little much to just jump right back into things with. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a good phase starter. <laughs> Definitely a good phase starter. I think in the past they've they've started every phase with the familiar, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we've obviously started phase one with Iron Man, which was a two. gamble at the time, mm, right? Exactly. But then phase I mean, we two, didn't even, they didn't even know they were starting phase one, <laughs> right? But then phase two started with Iron Man three, and phase three started with Captain America: Civil War. Exactly. So yeah, you have a point of we're just starting off with somebody or something we know. And this is going to take place in a time period that we know this takes place during phase mm -hmm. three. 
So yeah, this is a good way to ease audiences back in, I think. Yep, definitely. Completely agreed. I'm very, very excited to see all of the uh all of the new characters that are introduced. I think that's what I'm most looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um we'll get into kind of a, a look at at those different characters as we as we continue with our preview. Um but I think first we'll, we'll let's talk about this uh itsy bitsy spider. <laughs> series that we read um over the last week or so <clears throat> so um as i mentioned this ran from 1999 to 2001 consisted of two um three issue parts mm-hmm. written by devin grayson and greg rucka so th- i thought this was um a fun little series i think <laughs> Yeah, I um, thought I thought it was fine, um, like for a like a post Cold War um, spy thriller. It it was fine. It was fun. Uh, I liked the the inclusion of uh, of Daredevil in this, mm-hmm. um, and I really, as much as I would like to see, we're we're not getting into predictions yet, but as much as I would like to see Matt Murdock show up in this, I don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the um. I definitely thought it was a little bit harder for me to follow because I, I did read through it a little bit hastily. But yeah. in the uh, the back half of this, they basically did a face-off ripoff. <laughs> Pretty much. And um, like a body swap thing. And it it gave me shades of uh, Wonder Woman a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh, no. Of the problematic parts of that. Oh, it made me no. think of. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it, it, was, um, it was interesting. It added a cool little like sci-fi twist to it i thought mm-hmm. um but I, it was cool to see yelena as more of an an- antagonist than i think we're going to get in this mm-hmm. um they had a definite rivalry in this run where so good so i think in this in this yeah in this run uh we start to see you this is the introduction of yelena below belova isn't it correct in in the comics yep. so i think it's it's interesting to bring in this new character that uh, is kind of the hot-headed young agent that wants to like prove herself to the veteran and like mm-hmm. calls her out as a traitor, calls her out as a um, as a defector that she's an American now that she works with the Avengers. I mean, this is all coming off of like a post, like I mentioned, it was a post Cold War publication, and I mean nowadays we're still seeing a bit of a fallout of like us and russia tensions but i thought it was interesting to have this character be the one that wants to take natasha down uh and like prove herself as the black widow right um and then in the back half of the in the back half of this run natasha kind of puts yelena under her in order to protect yelena yeah, I think that is kind of an aspect that we're going to see carry over into the film too, you know, like that. Like the mentor-mentee. Yeah, that mm-hmm. plus like a little bit of a rivalry mixed in. Yeah. Yeah. I is she is, is she going to be an, an antagonist? I don't think so. No. But is there are going they, to be... Are they going to fight maybe? I think. Is it going to be like a sibling <laughs> rivalry? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought, you know, as an introduction to Yelena, this was this was fun. I mean, it had a cool little, uh, in the first half, the, the villain was kind of fun working on like a weird, almost super soldier serum type thing that disintegrated bodies. It was, I didn't understand what the serum was like, like the, it basically made someone rage out and then just disintegrate and die. Yeah. And they were saying the, 
the the general was going to use it on his troops because he was like they're expendable i don't really care about them okay they volunteered they know they're gonna die like they okay. don't care and then natasha basically gave them all a vaccine to protect them from the effects of it mm-hmm. except him and he was injected with it <laughs> the general and he <laughs> lashed out and kind of went crazy so um i don't know if they were trying to make any kind of point or anything with it i just thought it was um kind of cool to see her looking out for her enemy's army right you know, kind of something we've um you know characteristic that we see in the mcu well i mean natasha. i mean in this version of natasha we see her as kind of like a, a cynical veteran of i'm just being used by two different superpowers in the world that i don't really know what my not say i don't know what my place is but like doesn't matter what i do one side is going to want me dead one way or another right and i think in a way she empathizes with those other soldiers that she knows that the general thinks that they're expendable in the way that she knows that she's expendable to either russia or the u.s in this case and i mean we see both sides of i mean we see the um I forget his name, but we see the diplomat from Russia arguing with one of the generals from the U.S. about why did you send our your Black Widow and we're sending one of ours in? Yeah, and I mean Natasha has a point of even to Yelena that they're just using you. It doesn't really matter in the end, right? Yeah, and it's kind of interesting to think about the comics the comic Natasha's viewpoint at this point in time and where we're going to pick up with the MCU Natasha in this film being, you know, right after civil war, like she is a fugitive from the U S like mm-hmm. on the run with the secret Avengers, though they'd never been called that. They mm-hmm. basically are um, living underground. Can't really go back to either country, presumably, even though it seems like she's going to be back in Russia. Um but it's just interesting um, to see what they're going to lift from that here. Ultimately, with the, with the knowledge that we know where she ends up and finding her true home, kind of pretty much leading the Avengers between the events of the Endgame time jump. So, yeah, and I um, I'm curious if we get like a full development of how she gets into that role or if it's just kind of this is her story and then it cuts off and we don't know how she eventually becomes a leader in in yeah. Endgame. I think we'll see some of those aspects in here. So, I mean, I don't think the events of Infinity War led to her finding her place. I think it was mm-hmm. the events of this film we're going to see that led her to, to find her place. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, eventually coming back to the U.S. to stop Thanos. And what and why she decided to sacrifice herself over Clint? Yeah, but it's going to add so much context to that scene, I think. Yeah, um, which is going to be really. I, I definitely am going to want to run home and watch Endgame after <laughs> watching this. I think. And I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Just I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about the idea of having to create a whole new entry just to create context for one person's I decision i still don't you don't need that you don't need it and i to me i it just feels weird to have to you don't need it but like it just feels weird to know that disney felt the need obviously this is to push to push content push products push disney plus push ticket sales but like 
to have to put something in there where she realizes that she can go or the black widow title can go on after she's dead i just feel like would be a little too fan servicey to me at least like like for it to just stand on its own they just don't even acknowledge what is going to happen in the future no i think i i don't think that's the context they're adding to that scene at all i just think it's adding i don't think context is the right word i think adding additional emotional weight like i think this film is where she's gonna find like (laughs) i know you've been watching the fast and furious movies (laughs) but i think this is where she's gonna find the value of family (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like with the avengers and you know the family that we're going to be introduced to in in this and i think you know that's what she's making that sacrifice for and we know that like we know it on the surface level but i think this is going to add a lot more weight behind that decision Mm -hmm. if that makes sense no, that, that does make sense. But anyways, I, I think it's time to get into our actual preview here. I think uh, I don't, you have any closing thoughts on the It's a Bitsy Spider? I don't have anything else. No, they're, they're, I mean, overall, they're, it was a fun comic. To, it was a fun run to read. There, there wasn't yeah. much to really pull from it. Um, the characterization of Natasha and Yelena were probably the biggest aspects that were interesting to, to look at and, and examine. But I don't. I didn't really get much substance out of this as I expected to. Yep. Okay. So diving directly into our, our preview of the film, um, Black Widow, as I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know, releases on Friday, Jaloon, Jaloon. Friday, Jaloon 9th. Friday <laughs> July 9th. Um, it is directed by Kate Shortland, who also directed Lore in 2012, Berlin Syndrome in 2016, and Somersault in 2004. She's one of those. Uh, she's another one of those independent directors who is just getting pulled up to do a Marvel property. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I hadn't seen any of these three, but I, I I don't know how to feel about this idea of constantly. And I know Chloe Zhao. I've I've talked up multiple times, but like she is a very distinct artist. Kate Shortland. Obviously, I haven't seen any of these three, but I don't know how I feel about just constantly bringing up these indie directors, giving them a multi-million dollar budget, and then just letting them go. I I don't know. I I like. I'm I'm conflicted on it. What I'll, don't I'll, you like about it? I just the just the idea of. I mean, some of these people haven't seen. Like at least Chloe Zhao had Nomad has Nomad land behind her and had a huge Oscar push where people know the name. I to be honest, I haven't seen these, so I can't really say much. Um, Watiti's a good example of people had an idea of who he was because of Flight of the Concords and because of um Eagle versus Shark and because of Hunt for the Wilder people, the what we do in the shadows, like he had some clout behind him. And I was just I was just listening to a podcast today where they were talking about um, it was talking about Pulp Fiction and like how that essentially changed the name of the game for independent film in general. Uh, one of the guys on it works in the industry and he was talking about how and I, I hate to name drop this, but uh, how Harvey Weinstein, Quentin Tarantino, like changed the game and Miramax changed the game when Pulp Fiction came out because it just spit all these larger studios just started creating independent distributors to for names like Kate Shortland to like get their stuff out there. Somersault was released on Magnolia pictures. 
Um, Sony Pictures Classic was a big one. Uh, New Line had one. Fox Searchlight, which is now just Searchlight Pictures, was one that started picking stuff up. And now we're going from where these writers and directors had like mid small to mid tier budgets to work with and eventually would start picking up larger um larger budget productions um tarantino is a great example of going from like a nine million dollar budget on pulp fiction to over a hundred million dollars and once upon a time in hollywood to now jumping from a to z of doing like a a multi a few million dollars on an independent film up to something that's going to a distribution platform for 100 to 200 million dollars just overnight yeah. and mm-hmm. i don't I, I i gotta look more into that but that's i'm conflicted on this on this yeah. trend yeah i mean to me it's like it's better than just grabbing a big name director like yeah if it was like chris nolan or something which would be interesting to see in the mcu but at the same time like <laughs> i don't know it, it it's interesting it's an interesting approach and it seems to be paying off for what yeah. they've done so far with it and there are a lot of indie directors out there too so yeah. there are tons that have not so our our screenplay for this film was written by uh, eric pearson mm-hmm. um very interestingly enough um did a lot of the marvel one shots that we've seen in the past mm-hmm. um so the consultant um a funny thing that happened a funny thing happened on the way to thor's hammer item 47 and agent carter which is that i think that's really cool it's neat to see him get a, a bigger shot with a marvel film had you have you seen all of the one shots yeah okay i can't remember which is which i yeah. think if i if i had to go through them uh, the consultant, I think, is where they decide to recruit um, Blonsky, or they decide to send Stark to try to recruit Blonsky for the Avengers. Okay. <laughs> before they eventually get home. Yeah. Um, funny thing that ha- a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer is Coulson like stopping a grocery store robbery. <laughs> I do remember that. That's the one I remember distinctly. Yeah. Item forty-seven. I can't remember for some I- reason. I never saw it, but I thought it was in, an interesting idea of it takes place after the Battle of New York and like this couple pits up a Chitauri oh, weapon and like I, I did see this one. Yeah. And I think they, they use it or they try and sell it. They use it to rob a bank. That's right. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Agent Carter was like a, a short that eventually got expanded into the Agent Carter TV series, right? Which Eric Pearson was also a um, story editor and writer on, so, right? Um, he also contributed to Thor Ragnarok and mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong. Which <laughs> how interesting would it be to be tapped to write a Godzilla movie, right? It's like, hey, make the parts where the monkey isn't punching <laughs> the dinosaur interesting for us because <laughs> you know no matter what you do people will complain about it and be like yeah it was okay but it's not as good as the part where the monkey punched the lizard <laughs> like <laughs> that's just... literally every time that a godzilla movie comes out that's the biggest everyone complaint. hates the human parts and loves the the big monster punch parts <laughs> So like it's a, I would never accept that job. No, you're gonna get no. criticized no matter what. Like there's no way to good, make the human story in that good or more interesting than the the actual main event. 
See, I thought I thought the idea behind the like the original Godzilla 2014 Godzilla reboot was was good with like where you barely see him in the background and like yeah. you see like you see hints of you see hints of Godzilla and literally the whole thing is from the human perspective but those characters weren't really well written in general. So I liked the idea behind it it just wasn't executed well. Right. Um but <laughs> Yeah, you have a point about like Godzilla versus Khan. Like, just just have them fight. Like, what what else do you want? It's budgeting. I mean, you have to fill the two hour runtime, and you can't <laughs> make an animated movie that looks that good. <laughs> um, but then the the story was done by uh, Jack Schaefer, who was the writer on Wandavision and The Hustle, one of the creators of Wandavision as well. Yeah, the showrunner. The showrunner and um, Ned Benson, who wrote all three parts of the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Um, I haven't seen it, but looking at it, it's a, it's a three, it's a trilogy where it follows this couple. One is from, from one person's perspective. Two is from another person's perspective and three is like two of them together. So I thought it was an interesting Hmm. experiment, but uh, it just sounds like when it came to writers, they just pulled the, um, they just pulled whoever they had in their back pocket out to to write this one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's uh let's dive into um you know some discussion about the cast. So we do know obviously Scarlett Johansson is returning as Natasha Romanoff. We have Florence Pugh um introduced as Elena Belova. Um, David Harbour is playing the Red Guardian, which is going to be really awesome. Very mm-hmm. excited for that. Um, Rachel Weiss is playing a character named Melina. I don't think we know much, much more than that. And the other notable actor that we know so far is O.T. Fagbenle. Um, and we don't know for sure who he's playing. We haven't seen much set photos. Most speculation is that he's tax- Taskmaster but we haven't had that confirmed because we've only seen the taskmaster in his, uh, in his full outfit. So with this film, my, my expectations are um, high, but low, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I expect it to be a lot of fun, good MCU movie. I don't expect it to be earth shattering, anything new, like no. super new. Like uh, it's basically going to be a spy thriller set in the MCU. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> And I mean, we we already got that with um with the Winter Soldier, but that was more of like a '70s uh, political, political thriller. thriller. Um, I mean, this one just feels like either the Mission Impossible movies or the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, I mean, it's it's a good summer blockbuster to throw out there, even if it's not perfect. It's fun. It sells right. popcorn. To me, my my hope for this movie is I think I would like to see some side characters introduced that mm-hmm. are very interesting. And from the previews, it sounds like that's the case. Like, I, I just hope what we get here has a future in the MCU. Like, I don't want to see Taskmaster go away. Uh, we know Yelena's not going away. I would like to see Red Guardian come back because I love David Harbour. Um, I don't expect... <laughs> everyone to make it out of this alive i think the only one that's a guarantee you know the only ones that are guarantees would be natasha and uh yelena and uh ross 
Yeah, assuming he's in here. I don't I don't think we have confirmation yet. He is. He's in oh. one of the trailers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're completely yep. Thaddeus right. Ross is in yep. here. So, I, I mean, remember. I mean, I think we can also predict that uh this is this is starts the well, it continues the build out of the Thunderbolts if we're if we're building off of what we know from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. Uh with the introduction of both um US agent and the reintroduction of Zemo. Um it's implied that Ross is well, Ross will be hunting Natasha based off the events of Civil War, but um I have a feeling it's going to be trying to recruit Yelena for his his crew. And are are we is, was it confirmed that we're getting um Julie Louise Dreyfus back? Or yeah, so okay. So quick um quick spoilers for Falcon the Learned Soldier if you haven't seen it yet. Um we we do have confirmation. Um I think it was an interview with either Entertainment Weekly or Variety where it was confirmed that um, Julia Louis Dreyfus is going to return in Black Widow, or actually was meant to show up there first. We know mm-hmm. she had a role in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but she will be returning as Contessa Allegra Valentina De Fontaine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Valentina Allegra Contessa Valentina Allegra De Fontaine, um, who you know has is kind of like a super spy, has gone under the alias of Madame Hydra before, mm-hmm. um, but you know a super spy fits perfectly in this movie. So definitely interested that she's going to be in the movie. And so is Ross because, you know, she had recruited, uh, you know, spoilers again for Falcon the Winter Soldier, recruited John Walker for something. We don't know. It seems she's putting some sort of team together. So I, I would assume she'll do the same and try to recruit either Yelena or Taskmaster. Um, so we, we will see, but yeah, she is confirmed to show up in this. I if I had to bet, I would say in the post credit scene, but we yeah, see. that's probably where. So I mean, this this is going to be an action heavy movie. Um, Want to see some good good dialogue between Natasha and the other members of her kind of looks like extended family that we're going to get insight into. Um, hoping we get some of the Red Room training stuff and understand a little bit more about her backstory, you know, even before her first appearance in the MCU. Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a fun movie. Um, I'm curious to see the implications it has on the larger MCU going forward. I mean, we know Yelena has been confirmed to show up in Hawkeye later this year. Mm -hmm. Um, That presumably would be more of a cameo role, maybe a post-credit scene or, you know, maybe a, a, a bit of an extended role in one episode or something like that. That's what I'm thinking at least right now. Um, but I do expect the more seeds to be laid for Thunderbolts, like you said. Um, and I expect us to understand a little bit more about Natasha's journey in, in the years between civil war and infinity war. Cause that's just a huge gap for, so many heroes and it, it was such a weird time for them to exist you know mm-hmm. yeah we haven't seen too much in in that uh in that span of time i will say and i don't know if this is a spoiler or something that shouldn't have been released or if it's just an error on google's part um i googled something about black widow before we started recording 
And one of the first things that popped up was Robert Downey Jr. There were reports, I think, a few years ago about him because this has been in production for a long time now with yeah. the delays um, about him being in it. I I, I wouldn't be shocked to, to like, see him. I wouldn't be shocked if it picks up like right after we last see Natasha in Civil War and that's where she's having a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of hope it's reused footage and not anything new they shot because I think we just need to like get away from Tony Stark for a while. Yeah. I think like if our first movie post Infinity Saga <laughs> has like Tony Stark back, even if it's, you know, a prequel. I think it would be a little weird for me. But you or never would know. it be a good way to ease people back into it, as we've been talking I think about? You're already doing that by using Natasha. That's fair. It's like, hey, remember these two people that <laughs> died in the culmination of the last 10 years of storytelling? <laughs> They're back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also wouldn't put it past Disney or Marvel to throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I wouldn't be surprised, but. But I mean, overall, I don't I don't think this is going to have a massive impact on the MCU. It's mainly, as you and I have been talking about, going to be just development for Natasha and also the build out of the Thunderbolts. I think Mm -hmm. those are the two biggest things. Maybe we get an abomination reference from Ross. Yeah. Which would lead to Sean Chi. And that would be a little make a little more sense. Yeah, that would lead really nicely. I think we'll get an update on where Blonsky is, like either some yeah. some passing mention of him or or something. Yeah, I know this takes place in twenty it's supposed to take place in twenty seventeen, allegedly, based on I remember two years ago there were set photos that were released of like one uh-huh. of like one of the action scenes and the cars that were used were like twenty seventeen models. So I think that's it's implied of that's when it's supposed to take place. We'll get an update that's like, you know, put them with Blonsky on the raft or something when they something. when they take Taskmaster in or something like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like put them next to Blonsky or something like that. Just to like lay the seeds for it. <clears throat> um, when it comes to Elena, do you expect her to join something like the new event or the young Avengers? I mean, she is pretty young. I don't like around I... the same age as the, the at least Haley Steinfeld and and um Florence Pugh are about the same age. They so are. I was wondering, like, is she Young Avengers or is she Thunderbolts? I think she's Thunderbolts. Given, yeah. I mean, given her history in the comics, like we talked about being like the hardcore uh, Russian spy, yeah. um, I think Thaddeus is going to see promise in her wanting to defect and is able to somehow bring her over. And that, that would be an interesting development for the black widow role itself being that natasha kind of takes her under her wing and then she turns afterward yeah i could see that that would be really interesting but yeah i mean i expect yelena to be the biggest thing that carries forward after this um i think she's going to be a legitimate star in the mcu (laughs) yeah yeah i think so too Um, and probably the face of the thunderbolts or or one of the faces of the young avengers depending on what route they go with her um Overall, I mean, um, I'm really excited to see this one. My hype isn't as as big as it is for some of the stuff we're seeing later in the year, like Shang-Chi and Eternals, because those are just so brand new um, mm-hmm. and and just kind of blank slates for me. So I'm excited in a different way for this one, but excited nonetheless. 
All right. Uh, any closing thoughts, Jared, from you on Black Widow? No, I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, I, I mean, you and I pretty much have the same thoughts. Um, so, no, I really don't have much else to add. All right. Um, as I mentioned earlier, be sure to join us for our episode four spoiler review and discussion of Loki. Um, you know, it was a good one this week. I think we had a lot of good discussion yeah. around that episode. Um, that series has been something. If you haven't listened to our previews uh, or our, our reviews of that, you know, make sure to go back and, and do that. Um, we've, we've gotten a couple of predictions, right? I think to this point, but <laughs> um yeah, we'll be we'll be releasing episode four of that um, this week as well, and then next week we'll be doubling up again with our Black Widow review and our episode five of Loki review. So we are we are busy. <laughs> this is the most Marvel Marvel week we've ever had. Yeah, I think it's going to be a regular occurrence film and series overlapping, huh? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we're looking forward to all of it. So. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. And uh, for Jared, I'm John. We'll see you later.